Sowles. I'm the founder and editor of NEPA Scene. I'm John Popko. I work for Time Shamrock Communications in radio with Rock 107, Alt 92.1, ESPN Radio, and our outdoor division and digital services. I'm uh, Brittany Boot, and I'm the owner of Boot Photography Studio. And uh, we're here with Gerard Durling, who is our producer here at Cole Creative, so we may be a little bit biased tonight. Uh, he's also the uh, co-founder of uh, Powerbomb TV and the organizer of uh, Break the Barrier 2017, which is uh, an indie wrestling festival that's coming to Old Forge. It's a, a brand new event. Uh, it's going to be pretty cool, so we're going to talk uh, about wrestling in general, uh, and then we're going to get into uh, the festival itself and everything and uh, what's in store for that. And uh, the uh, live streaming service, uh, Powerbomb TV. Then later on in the night, we're going to talk about the uh, Uncle Murda controversy. And I, I put that in quotes because it seems to only be a controversy after uh, a lot of other uh, media started talking about it. So uh, we're, we're going to get your take on that. Uh, so if you have an opinion on that, uh, if you want to read the story on our Facebook page from WNEP and then uh, react to that or uh, just tell us. Uh, in the comments section, and uh, we'll get to those uh, later in the night, and we'll, we'll kind of give our own reactions. But uh, let's start with uh, Gerard here. I'm I'm actually, like, in the middle of, like, watching this. Like, <laughs> this is completely different. Yes. Um, this is very weird. And uh, now I'm just checking to make sure the sound's fine. Do we so. have sound? <laughs> so no, that's what I'm just, just making sure Are we're we good. Are we good to go? <laughs> you could, I, I you could be sound. one of the many people who just turn it on while we're doing it, and I was yeah, I debated it, but I'm trying to get an answer from somebody else, so we don't have to do that. But yeah, I don't know if somebody's listening and wants to say in the comments that we have sound. Yes, that'd, you, be, uh, that'd be a good way to start. Okay, and you can hear us fine. You know, let us know. Uh, otherwise, he'll have to run out. And oh my god, <coughs> sounds fine. Sounds good. <laughs> good, good, good. All right, so um, let's let's start at the beginning. Uh, you you seem to be a lifelong wrestling fan. Am I correct in saying that? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. When did it start for you? I was a kid. I think um, I live in the generation that grew up in wrestling. Um, you know, in the '90s when it was like super popular. You know, the uh, uh, Attitude Era, so to speak. Like things were not as PC as they are now with television and opinions. And I'm sure we'll get into that at some later point in time. Um, and uh, it was just fun. It, uh, I think that a lot of People my age grew out of it, um, as probably you guys did at some point. I don't know if Rich, you even got into wrestling at any point in your life, uh, but um, a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I I, uh, I was into it. Uh, I, I guess I'm dating myself as a little bit older, uh, but uh, I was into it. You know, in the Hulk Hogan era, Andre the Giant era, that kind of thing. And I had those giant because um, I was a big action figure guy. I had the, the giant action yeah, the figures. The LGNs, the yes, rubber ones. They were they were pure, uh, you, you could kill somebody with one of these things. Yeah. They were big rubber <laughs> things with these giant metal insides. And you could smash something. I remember it was the first, because I was usually very careful with my toys. And just body slamming the guy once into that, that flimsy ring that they gave you. Put a hole right in it right away. <laughs> but you could, you could literally kill somebody with those. Oh, things. yeah. Yeah, they're a really hard rubber. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I remember a lot of my friends being into it uh, during the Attitude Era, during the '90s and stuff like that. But I, I was, I was, I was, I would say out of it by that point. Yeah, it, I mean, it was right up there with South Park in that time period where everybody was like uh, really into that. How far they, can they push it on television without it being, right. you know, taken off? So I think that that had a lot to do with why 
um, you know, kids that age were into wrestling. And then they realized, well, what am I actually watching here? You know, like, and then, <laughs> and then it started, like, people started fading out, uh, yeah. out of it. I just kind of continued watching it. But um, I started getting into, like, not just WWE, WCW at the time, but, like, I was starting to get into more of, like, the the grunge scene of wrestling, I guess, would, what would be called. Mm. Um, you know, like, ECW kind of started becoming a thing in the, the mid-90s. Yeah. And, um, you know, being a kid that age, I wasn't, al- I wasn't supposed to watch it, you know, because it was, it was on at, like, 2 in the morning on Madison Square Garden's television channel. And, um, you know, it was just known for being way past what WWE <laughs> was doing. Uh, and like really hardcore, like blood and guts type of stuff. Yeah, I mean, Very were, edgy content. They, you know, they had like thumbtacks and they were right, fire. Each other with like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they were doing crazy stuff. So, like, when that became a thing, the, the subculture of wrestling fans started to flock to the internet and started getting together and knowing one another there. And that's kind of where, you know, I just started getting uh, way further and further down that rabbit hole into pro wrestling and started. Um, appreciating like you know the underground wrestling so to speak of what it is so um, then uh you know I decided I wanted to be a pro wrestler so I, I went you and did that. For that don't you yeah well I mean you could you know most most people do like that are actually pretty decent uh, at, at wrestling um, I went to school uh, for Chikara uh, which is based in Philadelphia and uh, I was trained by uh, a guy who most people watching this wouldn't be familiar with probably um, locally is Mike Quackenbush, but um, incredible trainer um, Cesaro, who is currently in the WWE, is one of my trainers, and Cassius Ono, who is currently in WWE NXT, was also uh, one of my trainers. So um, very cool time for me personally watching wrestling, seeing like my trainers and my friends on television. Um, so. Uh, Wrestling school, yeah. Instead of, <laughs> set of real school, I went to wrestling school. Can you take us through like some of that training that you uh, experienced? Yeah. Um, so a lot of people, you know, uh, everybody has different opinions of what wrestling is. Like some people think it's funny. Some people like find it entertaining. Some people like treat it like it's a sport, you know. Theatrical. Some people, yeah, it's a theater. It's drama. And some people are just flat out, it's fake. I want nothing to do with it. Santa Claus isn't real. This isn't real. This is bullshit. <laughs> Santa Claus nope, real. you can't in any way convince me, you know, that wrestling is is anything I'd be interested in because it's fake and I can't let somebody tell me otherwise. You know, it's like they're so close-minded to it as a as a art form or a theater or a sport. And not, not really a sport, but it's, you know, it, it takes athleticism to do it. Uh, my first t- day of wrestling training, I broke my wrist performing uh, an up and over in the ring. Um, so I would say that wrestling is is very uh, um, harder hitting than people believe it is. Um, you know, uh, I can I'm not going to, and we're not going through any tables or anything like that. Oh, but like, I'm a liar. <laughs> Come on. But, uh, you know, like getting hit in the chest is real. Like there's no faking hitting somebody in the chest and hearing them get smacked. In the right. chest, like that's not me clapping my hands. Like my one hand's here, and I'm doing this, you know. Um, and it hurts. There's no way to <laughs> fake that, you know. Uh, and I think there's a lot of wrestling pro wrestlers in general are interesting human beings uh, for allowing themselves to to have that happen to them. Mm-hmm. Like I have friends that I try to explain it to is like. You just stay right there and let me chop you in the chest three times. They're like, "There's no way I'd let you do that. I punch <laughs> you in the face." It's like, well, yeah, like. But a wrestler will take those three hits and 
not react other than to sell it to like make you know make you believe what's happening in the ring because reality is it's really happening it really hurts and they're disciplined enough to not react by wanting to fight you in that very moment you know they know they'll get their moment probably in that match where they get to give you a sting back or something like that but um too, too often people just like they, they've already dismissed it as fake hmm. and don't realize like there's some magic to what people are doing in the ring, and sometimes it's actually real, because right. like we have to be creative and come up with new ways to uh, make you suspend your disbelief. You know, like the days of stomping your foot and you know throwing <laughs> a jab are over. It's not working, but people have come up with new ways to uh, suspend your disbelief to make you believe in what they're doing, and sometimes they take it to the point of just like I'm just going to legitimately hit you in the face, mm. and you know. That, that happens now. It's crazy. And, like, people that bleed and stuff like that, that's all real. Like, it's not I like they're blood capsules or anything blood. like that, you know? Right. So yeah, A lot of them would carry, like, a razor blade or something and, you know, cut themselves <coughs> or, or, you know, when they when they got hit or whatever. So when they pull away, there really is blood there. Sir, I, you know? I'm not saying that's a thing. I'm not going to, you know, openly say that or anything like that. But I will say that think about somebody doing that to themselves. Right. You know, like, just take wrestling out of it and say... <laughs> We I had somebody here earlier was talking about a, a specific incident that happened like at a local uh, venue mm. that like a guy showed up at the show and put a blade to his forehead and started cutting his head to make himself bleed at the show. <laughs> and like people, everybody looks at them like, you're, you're crazy. Like something's wrong with you, right? <laughs> but when you put it in wrestling, it's like, ah, oh, it's, it's normal. You know, it's, a, it's just a normal thing that happens in wrestling. I don't know. They come up with a way to cgi the blood or something i don't i don't really know what people think what happens you know right but uh yeah it's uh it's it's brutal some of the stuff that like these performers put themselves through to make you believe in what they're doing um and that's kind of part of what now interests me the most is like being somebody that was a pro wrestler watching a product and saying like wow that looked so good i can't i can't see flaws in that match as far as i believe what they did like what they did was a great story. They told it great in the ring, and like they gave me a believable match that, you know, I can walk away from and say that was that was entertaining still to me at thirty one. You know, what kinds of characters have you done? On, did you have a did you have a specific persona or something that you tried to get across when you were wrestling? Uh, I went through different phases as a wrestler. I was a masked <laughs> character that like was was awful, um, and I think that ultimately benefited me in the long run um, as a. I, I was in a match where I lost my mask. Like it was like a poista, which is a, a bid match. So okay. the guy faced with Cassius Ohno, uh, he bit his hair. So if he lost the match, he had to shave his head. Um, but it, if I lost the match, I had to take my mask off. I lost the match. Um, but fortunately, at that time, like I was growing my hair out. You know, like I, I had hair like this at the time, but then I grew it out. It was like real long. I had it chemically straightened to like. <laughs> look like a, like I looked like I was in like a, a an emo or like a emo or heavy metal band at that time yeah. with the long hair I had eyeliner I like <laughs> like I just fit the part of like the typical MySpace photo at the time um, and at that time I was Vin Gerard and and it was like this dastardly jerk character that uh, you know would just it just did dirty things to people in the ring like I'd fish hook people or rake their eyes or pull their hair or uh, you know, taunt them in negative ways, you know. Um, so I did those two characters, and uh, that's that's pretty much it. I did, like, some smaller characters 
here and there when it was necessary for an additional performer on shows. So, like, they'd put a mask on me. But other than that, like, those two were the main ones I did. Is there anything that, that stuck out to you in terms of uh, when you watched some of these, uh, you know, the independent wrestling as opposed to uh, the national wrestling that people are more familiar with or the televised wrestling? Uh, what is it that, that you think stood out or, or impressed you about what they were doing as opposed to maybe what you'd see on TV? Um, I think that, um, like, similar to, like, in music scenes, like, when you see somebody make it and they're on this, like, larger scale platform, it's a totally different environment than it is to be at, like, a an event in a bar or at, um, like, smaller venues that only seat a thousand people or have a capacity for that amount. It's, like, more intimate. And uh, it feels like you're a part of it way more than it is on, on television. Uh, I think that that is more interesting to me. And it's also like you're watching people perform without restriction. So like right. you have like the product on WWE's television where um, their whole matches are pretty much they know what's happening when they go into the ring. And, and it's because they have to be that way. They're probably trading on the stock market. They have investors. They have all these things that they have to worry about. Mm. Um so um, they're formatted pretty sp specific. Um, so when you see like independent wrestling shows, it's these guys are going off the cuff and doing things that are next level. Like WWE's product now and their NXT product is completely based off of what they ripped from independent wrestling. Um, they watched for 10 years what independent wrestling was doing and said, this looks like we can use it. This looks like we can do it. And then in one foul swoop in the last year and a half, they took almost all of the big independent wrestling names and stuck them in NXT. And now all these WWE fans are now flocking to NXT saying, this is the, this is what you need to watch. If you're like independent, if you like wrestling, this is the product, you know, right. but it's been the product on the independent wrestling scene for the last 10 years. It's just now you can't, you can't fight the WWE. They're multi-billion dollar net worldwide company. Right. They know what they're doing. And uh, what they just did was they, they took all the top names in indie wrestling and stuck them in the internet-based uh, subscription model. And now all these indie fans that, you know, complained for years about WWE not watching what they're doing or whatever, they've been watching. And now they just made you pay $9.99 a month to watch <laughs> their brands that you've been complaining that you weren't getting. So um, it's kind of interesting, you know. <laughs> so there's no, like, WWE on TV anymore? <coughs> WWE's on TV still. It's on USA Network. Um, they do Mondays and Tuesdays. But they also have a network, uh, an internet subscription model, that um, they have other shows uh, okay. on top of that. I guess I should probably close that door if there's a vacuum out there. <laughs> Somebody's got to clean this but uh, so it, it's it's interesting because I mean you see that all the time I think in any entertainment business you see that in music and everything too it's like okay this is popular right. with the kids right. now so we need to hire yep. somebody to do that exact same thing mm -hmm. or you know make that sound and get it out there to the masses. Right. Don't get me wrong, I I really am. Uh, it's amazing seeing these people get these big time contracts. There's no one that can compete with them on that level, sure. you know. So it's great to see these people can do this for a living. And get paid to do it, you know, and perform the same way, essentially, that they're performing when they were independent wrestlers. Um, but it also stinks, you know, there's not an alternative that can hold up to that level that the WWE is. Hmm. Or, or for that matter, um, just having the opportunity to have a job 
outside of WWE and professional wrestling in the United States is, is incredibly challenging. There's a couple people that do it, like, um, you won't know these names, but the Young Bucks, um, Kenny Omega is in Japan, uh, Ricochet does it, you know, like all these guys, um, Adam Cole up until now, who probably has gone to the WWE, but these guys, that's their job. They, they're wrestlers for a living, like, and, and they're doing it on an independent level, which is, is so challenging um, but they've they've come up with ways to do it and sell themselves and market themselves, and it's it's pretty incredible to see some people doing that. But there needs to be more of that. There needs to be those opportunities available to them. Outside of like the independent stuff, like when when you get into the WWE, how much of it like do they dictate to you? Like, well, you're going to be this character. This is going to be who you are. You're going to you're going to have your hair this way. You're going to wear this outfit, or like, do they come in with that? Uh, I think it depends on the performer. I'm personally not. I've never been in the WWE, so uh, I could speak off of dirt sheet rumors or internet stuff, you know. Uh, but I think that you can kind of see it just if, like, you're an independent wrestling fan and you are familiar with uh, a guy like Samoa Joe, for example, who was in the independents, came to the WWE, and he kept the name Samoa Joe. Whereas you'll have a guy like, I'm trying to come up with somebody other than El Generico, um, <laughs> But I'll say it even though... All right, Kevin Steen. Kevin Steen, for example. Um, he uh, he was in the independence as Kevin Steen. When he went to the WWE, he became Kevin Owens. Hmm. Um, was that a move that was more so to sell tel- uh, T-shirts that said KO on them? Maybe, Finally, yeah. you know? Um, right. You could probably tell from the 15 different shirts that he has that say KO on them that are selling like crazy numbers at WWE shows, you know? Um, so there's like stuff like that where they might manipulate characters around or completely change them entirely, you know. Um, but it's it's really dependent on the performer and what their agenda is with the performer, you know. Um, if you like went from the level you're at to WWE and you you were told like your character is bogus, like you're this now, would you do it? Yeah, I mean. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <Sell> out, yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> Unless I was like going to be like some sort of like I don't know, I don't know like a, a, a princess or some right. character, or out, you know. I probably yeah. still do it, but yeah. you know, I'd want to be thrilled about it, you know. <laughs> but you're getting paid. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of nice. Uh, by the way, I was told the sound is fine just now. Thanks, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the uh, I, it's funny how McMahon plays this evil guy on, on the thing, but uh, a lot of people see him that way in real life, too. It's like he almost plays up the, uh, the that aspect of himself. Right. Um, you know, I think um, most wrestlers, their character is a direct extension of something else inside of them that they just mm. have there. Um, like me in particular, like I was, I was very uh, shy. I was straight edge until I was 22, um, and, um, around that same time is when I changed to this character with long hair and whatnot. And I also started drinking at that time and like became this, uh, miserable human being. After I walked away from wrestling in 2012, I was like, I needed to like reset myself, my personality. Like it was like affecting me a little bit too much that I became this thing that, right. um, it's kind of like having a split personality in a way and like tapping into that too much sometimes. But like people do that because it's like an escape from their own reality. Like maybe you, your real job is that, um, I'm not saying this is a bad job. This is my dream job as a child. Um, right. You're a garbage man, right? I, I really want to Mine be, was too. Yeah. Dude, I, I love seeing too. that guy. I don't want to get off topic here. We'll get back to that, but yeah. mine was too. Yeah. So, you know, maybe you're a garbage man in real life. 
Um, and, uh, you know, you like that job or not, I mean, you'll probably get paid really, really well to do the garbage, but... Um, no shame in that. No, there's none. But, you know, um, maybe you have something personal wrong in your life, you know, like maybe, you know, you lost your house or you lost your job or something, but you have this other outlet to say everything's all right because tonight I'm going to go and perform in, 50, in front of 50 people or 500 people or 5,000 people. I'm going to make their night by going out there and being this uh, quote-unquote superhero going to the ring sure. or villain that's going to help ultimately make their night better, you know? So it's kind of uh, a cool give and take there as well, like to really consider as well at that level. Mm. Can, we get, can we get it? The, the garbage man thing. Why? Why did you want to be a garbage man? <laughs> I think it was the truck. It was cool. It was a cool truck. I think everyone wanted to by. ride on the back of the truck. Yeah, yeah. that's why. I definitely have this uh, bucket list like with that, that on it. That's like the only thing really that's up there that needs to happen. Well, it, it, was, it was that and uh, bus driver. Bus I, driver. I had this bus ah. driver. His name was George. This is back in like the uh, late '80s, <laughs> early '90s. He would have this huge boombox that he would bring on the bus. And he would play music from it. I'm mm-hmm. like, this guy's fucking cool as shit. Mm-hmm. I want to be a bus driver like this guy. <laughs> <laughs> I remember uh, when, I, when I was a kid, they had like a, you know, it was a grade school. They had like a career day kind of thing. And you had to dress up as like what you wanted to be. And I mean, to this day, I still don't understand why I picked Postman. But I, I, I wanted to be a Postman. I and, could see that. And I literally thought, it, I think it was just because it was like, uh, this is the easiest thing we can throw together and, and, and make a costume <laughs> out of. Because yeah. I can't think of any logical reason as a kid why I would have ever said Postman. Like When I, I was in kindergarten, they picked it for you. Like, I remember okay. when we had to graduate kindergarten, we had to, like, go and, like, do this poem and, like, read it. But we didn't get to pick it because I remember mine was a beautician. And I was like... I never wanted to be a beautician. Like, I saw the video, and I was like, no, they gave you, like, what you were going to be. Oh, okay. We didn't have any, like, free will, I guess, in kindergarten. I went to a Catholic school in the Holy Child well, yeah, for kindergarten, that's... so. Well, I, I could do many podcasts. About <laughs> yeah, they Catholic pretty much school. picked it for you. Yeah. Did you. Did you grow up oh, with the, uh, the CYC shows at all? I, I went to, like, uh, two or three, but I was relatively young when those were happening. Thank you. Right. Yeah, you were a little bit younger. I, uh, Brittany, do you remember some of them? Don't yeah, you? I do. And we went to one, me and Bobby and a couple yeah, other buddies device. went to one just a few years ago um, in Scranton. And it was like the most fun I've had in like forever. Oh, yeah, I remember back in, uh, I think, 2015. Oh, you did, yeah. you did the Sabu show. It was awesome. Yeah, I took cool. pictures. I think I, I gave yeah, those pictures. Big time wrestling, was that what yeah. it was? Yeah. Like, yeah. we were, like, out of hand, though. Like, we like, got, we're getting into it, like, with the one wrestler. He was, like, yelling at us. I have pictures of him, like, yelling at us. And, like, Bobby Keller is, like, like egg white ass, like, yelling all this stuff to him because he was, like, this pale redhead guy. And we were, I, I just, I was, like, laughing the whole night. We were, like, high on, like, good, clean fun. <laughs> like it was crazy and it's it's cool that still comes around sometimes because it was where the old cyc was it's it's, it's yeah. like wanna college yeah, i think yeah, owns it now yeah there yeah. was another one not too long ago in music wasn't there like last year um there's actually a lot um locally um grand slam wrestling who's going to be on That's break the barrier show yeah um they um they have a show every second saturday in old forge that's where we're running the show out of mm. um and uh, that's a lot of, like, local uh, talent. You know, a lot of them actually uh, used to be involved in, like, Cafe Metropolis and Home Base Days. Okay. Um, they used to be a part of that wrestling that happened there. And then they 
they just kept going at it and, and decided like they wanted to do their own thing locally and keep that going. So um, they get a pretty decent, like every show, we do live streaming for them every month and uh, typically put it through Facebook for free so people at home can watch. Mm. Like their audience grows every month, you know, like there's definitely um, fans in the area that would like to have that regular. It just takes some time for them to realize it's happening right. on such a consistent basis. A lot but of younger kids. That's with everything. Um, like as far so as the much. fans? Yeah. Um, it's, it's really scattered. Um. I think that they, like, under a specific age, they allow kids in for free. It's a pretty family-friendly yeah. product overall. Um, but it's edgy enough that, like, a, a, an older person like myself would... Could have fun. Yeah. Like, yeah. that one we went to, Sabu was, like, bleeding from the face. Yeah, yeah. He's a, he's a wild man. Yeah. They, they just had, last month, they did a War Games match. Or last week, they did a War Games match, which, which is... Uh, they put a cage around the entire ring and had some barbed wire fencing and stuff yeah. on it. And, like, some guy... Uh, Stevie Shields, who's also on Break the Barrier, doing my own plugs on this thing, but uh, he he was bleeding from his face in that match. Um, so I, I don't like I don't watch wrestling like in my free time, but like going to the match like that's exciting. Mm-hmm. Just like I won't really watch a baseball game if it's on TV. Like I'll put right. it on. It's right. the experience, but of like it's being the experience there. and the excitement yeah. of being there. Like that's like that's yeah. part of the too is like um, I did a podcast interview two days ago where. Somebody asked me, or like, I kept drilling in the question of what makes a good independent wrestling show. Hmm. To an independent wrestling fan watching this, they'll probably say, like, oh, it needs to have all these indie names on it, like, talent. That's definitely one thing it needs. But to, like, somebody like Brittany, who isn't the common independent wrestling fan or has any any clue. I almost say the F word, like, so many times. I don't know. Oh, I can't? Okay. Okay. Uh, Has no clue about it. It's like, you have to understand that. It's a it's a, an event that's meant to be an experience for anyone. Yep. So like if you walk into uh, an ambulance hall and it looks like an ambulance hall with a wrestling ring in the middle of it, it kind of like looks real hokey. Um, <laughs> but if like you see that they actually paid attention to some details, had some lighting involved in it, mm-hmm. um, like had some backdrops around, had like we have these things we we have all over the place, um, and like actually spent a little time in the production side of it, and also like the performers on the show as well, like look like performers. Right. There's a lot that goes into it that like might be missing and making it a good show. Um, that Brittany would be like, maybe wouldn't know the difference, but you know, uh, would just kind of be like, this is like would frown on her for. I went to it once. It's off the list. Never <laughs> again. I had you know, I went with my friend. It was boring. Whatever. But like engaging with the performers. Performers actually taking the time That's to say something fun. to Brittany. Yeah. And Brittany going back at them and realizing now she's a part of the show and yeah. now everybody's getting on that wrestler. Right. You know, like that's what makes the experience like so much more entertaining. You're engaged in it too. Right. Like it's not like you're just kind of like, oh, all right, I'm just like checking this out and right. like, watching yeah. what happens. Like, like you're chanting and like interacting with like the people i think that's half the fun right like, and they're like come around especially if like you're in the front and like come around <coughs> and like interact with you and like give you high fives or or yell at you or whatever you know whatever their personality is right and some performers just don't get that sometimes they just like they're just going out there gonna go do my moves get my moves in and then leave but yeah. they don't realize like you're performing to an audience of people that are here that paid money to see you and get involved with what you're doing. And that's like the cool thing about pro wrestling as an art form and a theater is there's no other form of entertainment where I'm stealing this from somebody. There's no other form of entertainment where somebody could literally land in your lap <laughs> and it's a part of the show, yeah. you know? Right. Well, uh, I wouldn't say there's no other form of entertainment. Oh, well, yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> music. <laughs> yeah. Not music. Strippers. <laughs> Strippers. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> See, I've never Come been on. to a strip club, so I don't. Ever? We're going no, never tonight. <laughs> We're going. Uh, I was at a uh, an event last summer. I can say you're at a strip club last summer. <laughs> no, maybe last uh, week. Never, never thought of the strip club <laughs> argument. To be honest, yeah. I just sent an Put email after this. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I was at a uh, midget wrestling event. Was that at the and Leonard? I, no. Well, it was in Atlantic City. It was just at the Leonard, like last late last year. Yeah. If the Leonard's watching, I'd really love to run these shows out of the Leonard Theater if you had a good internet connection. I don't know if you do though. But that's a big problem if you don't have internet. Yeah. So forget it if you don't. But that was <laughs> that was a fun show, the yeah. midget wrestling. And there's so much like, like oh, I feel, I feel bad for these people. Like these people are, are performers. They love it. They're getting paid to right. do it. It's it's just it's it's a it's a performance really, and it takes a lot of. And if you're if you're I, it was the uh, stripper thing offensive. <laughs> it's the midget midgets and the strippers. Midget stri- yeah. yeah, really too gone far. off the rail there. <laughs> They, they combine those, too. There's midget, there's midget strippers, too. Yeah. <laughs> but that was a fun event. Well, that's, a, that's the thing is, like, if people are reacting to what's happening, like, the performers are having a great time. Yeah. It means that they did what they were supposed to be there to do, yeah. you know? So. But even outside, like, and going back to the uh, how real stuff is, I mean, I know that old wrestlers. <laughs> is she dying? I hope not. <laughs> But uh, like they'll they'll get hurt, like physically injured, and then get addicted to p- pain pills. Like right, mm-hmm. right. You know, people in America do just regular Joe Schmo, and, and it, end up... it, yeah, and it happens too. With like even now, like you know, um, healthcare is a universal yeah. problem we have in the United States. But um, you have a guy who um, the night before rolled their ankle in a match, and then the next day. They have to get over that or and wrestle the next day. You know, it's like, um, especially if it's like where you're trying to make a living. Like, for an example, like, again, going back to the Young Bucks, like, um, they wrestle Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Friday, one of them gets hurt. Well, Saturday and Sunday, they got to come up with a plan to keep doing those matches because they need to make money because this right. is their job, you right. know? Yeah. Um, they can't, there's no rest day there, you know? Right. Like, hopefully once Monday hits, they're, they're good to go, but... Um, you know, that, that's stuff that people just don't take into consideration with it. Like, again, it's like it's um, you're either open-minded or closed-minded to pro wrestling. If you're the person that says immediately, it's like it's fake. Yeah. It's like very clear, like, okay, well. <laughs> well I always knew it was, it was fake. The storyline is fake. The, the the theater behind it. And the, sure. But as far as them acting out certain things. It's, it's so much, like, again, yeah. going back to, like, stomping your foot. Everybody can relate to that. They right. know what that was. Right. But now it's like, what are they doing now to, yeah. to to do that same effect? They're not, because they're not no longer stomping their foot. They realize, like, that's that's old news yeah. to wrestling fans. Yeah. So they have to reinvent themselves all the time to make you believe in what they're doing. Same as, like, a magician. You know, a magician's no longer doing, like, the... Rabbit out of the hat. You know, with my thumb, you know, like, I don't know that a magician ever did that, but like, you know, it's like, this is hokey as all hell, you know, Um, like no, no real magician that's performing in front of hundreds or thousands of people is doing that shit anymore, you know, so um, you just got to get with the times and continuously adapt. Yeah. And it's, I think it's easy to like, like any sport, it's easy for the armchair people to sit there and go, oh yeah, he's a bum, he sucks, whatever, you know, just like you see in any baseball or football game or whatever. It's like, well, you get up there and do that. Right. Right. You wouldn't last five minutes just running back and forth the way that they do. Yeah. Or bouncing off the ropes. <laughs> the ropes yep. yeah. Never mind, like, actually fighting each other and flipping each other <laughs> over and stuff like that. You wouldn't right. last five minutes. I could tell you, like, uh, training for 
good six months, like a really basic pro wrestling move is the big back body drop where somebody gets like somebody ducks down and the guy goes over over the top and flip bumps to the to the ground onto the mat. Yeah. It, it took me such a long period of time to like perfect how to take that type of bump fall. Mm. I would always fall on my ass or like onto my my leg, like almost onto my feet or like head dump myself. Like yeah. it's it's a challenge to protect yourself. And it, like to yeah. go through that in training, it's like holy shit! Like some of the stuff is is really easy to ke- pick up on, but then other stuff like to protect yourself is is incredibly hard, you know? Yeah. Um, and it was like it's probably similar in a way to like um, circus training. Like you know, uh, obviously those performers have to go to a school and whatnot. And I, I often like will watch like uh, Barnum and Bailey type of circus where they have like a lot of the acrobatic performers and watching like some of the tumbles and rolls they do like we learned all that in pro wrestling school too <laughs> so like uh, and that and like there's a school out in um hazelton called the sanctuary right they they, they took a church and, and made it into a wrestling uh place it's really it's, it's really cool it's beautiful it's, it's it is beautiful it's really cool it's like my child dream like when <laughs> i was i used to go to church i'd, I'd look around and i'm like man i can make this into a wrestling venue you know like <laughs> or like a music venue or something you know like that was sure. always going through my mind all the time at church it's like that, that altars <laughs> that's the place for an entrance you know uh but uh like they have stunt academies that are similar to pro wrestling training now at this type so like if you're a pro wrestler, like you can go and get your like your SAG licensing and you know get involved in like being a a stunt double for things. You know, like there's some guys out in in Hazleton that do that type of stuff. So right, um, it's pretty incredible. Like uh, what a pro wrestling um, background could do for you. Like I wouldn't have a marketing company currently if it wasn't for what I did with pro wrestling. Like all the different things that I did and got my hands involved with and learning how to network with specific people and how to do this and that, mm. um, engaging audiences and getting involved and like realizing everybody has different personality types and whatnot. Um, that definitely led to where I am now for sure. So come back to us. <laughs> I was like, when's an appropriate time to sneak back in without being detected? So, uh, in, in terms of, uh, break the barrier. So, this was an event years ago by the same name, and you're using the name. This is obviously very different. So can you talk about why you chose to go with, with that name and, and what that event had uh, in terms of significance? Yeah, so long story short, um, my friend Adam and I created Powerbomb TV, mm-hmm. being an independent wrestling streaming service. We want to help independent wrestlers, independent wrestling promotions, get more exposure, get more eyes on them. Our thought is bringing them all together into one network. It's bound to open up opportunities for, you know, somebody that subscribes looking for C4 Wrestling in Canada. Well, now they're checking out Grand Slam Wrestling and seeing what their show's about. So, like, mm. it's it's trying to educate fans on the alternative out there in independent wrestling. We've had some trouble getting that going because there are other streaming services similar to what we offer. Um, and they have a lot of money, like tons of money, you know, like, and that's why I look at it as like, we're independent wrestling fans. Like I used to wrestle, but there's no doubt I'm still an independent wrestling fan. Mm. Same. I'm sure Adam would feel the same way if I, if he was, you know, here, we're indie wrestling fans first and foremost. So we want to do everything we can with the money we have to like better what they're doing. Um, and it's been tough. You know, we have companies that do similar things to us that have lots of money. So like when we approach promoters, they're like, oh, well, you got to give us, you know, some cash every month or whatever. It's like, well, we don't have that. We're a startup company, you know. 
uh, we'll give you this in exchange for for it if you're if you'll get involved with us. And they just some of them got it and got involved with us real real quick and early, and uh, we'll forever be grateful to them. Um, some of them didn't and like kind of like moved away, and I don't blame them because. There's other companies out there offering guaranteed money. Same thing like in the 90s, WCW, WWE. WCW was giving guaranteed contracts and money to people. WWE was giving money and opportunities to people to make a ton of money. Right. Um, so um, we had to start thinking outside the box with like what we're trying to do and what we can do. And like me personally, I've always wanted to run my own wrestling show I, like since 2005. Um, I'll never forget, like, Joe Sposto, who's going to be a commentator on the show here. Um, he lives in Wilkes-Barre, too. Um, I wanted to run wrestling shows in 2005, um, and we approached the Staircase in Pittston. And they gave me an awesome deal. It was like, they wanted $2 per person that comes in the door. I was like, yes. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. They don't want, like, a guarantee up front. Great. Yeah. Then, uh... It, uh it, it evolved into, we ended up bringing Chikara to the Staircase once a month, um, which is the Lucha group that we work with out of Philadelphia. And they ran the Staircase until the Staircase closed. Hmm. Um, so it, it ended up not being my show entirely. You know, it ended up being Chikara's show with a couple guys that we ended up putting on the show with them. Uh, and it's always been kind of there in the back of my mind. I've, I've approached the casino probably twice now in the last five years. I, I it just been trying to look for the perfect opportunity to do a show, and this popped up that it was like, maybe we try to get all the promotions that are on our streaming service together and, and make one super show with them so they can showcase what they do. And we do that as our first ever live stream through Powerbomb TV. We've, we haven't done a live stream yet as Powerbomb TV. We've done Facebook live streams for free, mm -hmm. but we haven't done one on our network um, we're launching to Roku, uh, we're launching to Apple TV for June 11th, and then we're, on, we're available on mobile devices on, and on the web. Um, we're basically like Netflix, you know, for independent wrestling. And we wanted to give the promotions that we work with that opportunity to be a part of that show. And um, Break the Barrier happened kind of like through a mutual thought between Adam and myself was like, you know, it was in the back of both of our minds that we wanted to call it Break the Barrier, but neither one of us really were, like, openly admitting it <laughs> yeah. uh, for a little bit. And we came to terms with it, and I became friends with um, Al Isaacs, who um, is actually the guy who put on the first Break the Barrier. Hmm. So I reached out to him, and I was just like, we've been thinking about this. We don't really know for sure if we wanted to use absolutely go ahead and use it. Um, and... Uh, the original show, you know, like looking back on it, it's looked at as like a big deal to independent wrestling. Like uh, Pro Wrestling Illustrated, which is a popular wrestling magazine that's in stores, like supermarkets and stuff. Um, they ranked it as like one of the most influential independent wrestling shows ever. Uh, so, um, And that was right in Philly. It was in the ECW arena, yeah. Okay. Um, so when he, he gave us the green light to use it, I was pretty stoked about it because it just really fit to what we were trying to do. Um, a lot of the promotion we work with are struggling to get to that next... They're trying to break barriers, and they're having a difficult time doing it. Um, so we pretty much asked them, send us a match that represents your company, um, and that'll do you justice and, and show off what you do. Uh, and we'll give them the spotlight and treat every match like it's a main event. Like, they're out there to outperform the next per person that goes out there. Do you the best performance of the style you represent whether it be comedy wrestling or hardcore wrestling women's wrestling 
Um, um, what else on the show? We have a we have a theatrical wrestling style um, or lucha libre. We have um, luchadors coming in from Mexico City for the show that haven't been here in the United States performing in you know uh, maybe once or twice. You know, um, and we we just last week confirmed uh, Ken Bai, who is from Japan wrestling for the Michinoku Pro promotion out there, who's coming here probably, I, I'm almost positive it's one or it's first or second time here in the United States ever, uh, and he's performing in our main event. So um, it's very much like a mix of guys that independent wrestling fans would be familiar with and then guys that they wouldn't be familiar with that are all mixing together, and we're basically trying to give that spotlight to bring on a new generation of indie wrestling people that you know, you might not have heard of before. Um, in our area in particular, though, it's like an entire show of people they've never heard of before, <laughs> you know? So so it's been a it's been a challenge locally to get this message out there. So that's right. another another reason why I'm grateful that you were, you know, willing to do this with us. Too. Radio. <laughs> it's tough. I, I've been no trying worse. to figure out how to, how to do radio and billboards that would attract so many to go, you know? It's like, uh, we'll talk about that later, right. though. <laughs> now, are you in charge of like getting these people to come here to, to the show? Is that is that what you're? Yeah. So Adam and I have kind of he, Adam handled a lot of like the uh, international uh, stuff. Uh, we have another partner named Dylan who has been really helpful with getting promotions signed up with us. So he has a lot of connections himself. So it's like the three of us, excuse me, working together a bit to put together the show, but financially it's all on me. You know, it's like I'm paying these performers. The promotions made it, made the mistake of thinking like they're going to have to pay to have this match on the show. It's like, no, I want, this is our thank you for, um, you know, being a part of what we're doing. We want to pay your performers and pay them, uh, you know, <coughs> pretty decently to be a part of our show. Um, so like the whole show is not booked yet. If that's a question too, You're like we have four matches still that we're trying to figure out how the hell to get them together because it's like we have to organize a trip from Georgia still somehow, right? Um, well, you know, so it's like I guess going off that, like, how do you like? All right, this guy from Japan, like, this might be his first or second time here. How does that process like? Like, hey, like, do you Facebook him? Do you? Call yeah, him I, up? I believe. Like, <laughs> how does that happen? Like, yeah, so. Um, I was, Adam and I were going back and forth about like we need to like do some special things to make this show stand out. That was one of the top things we were talking about is like we need some international talent on this show that wouldn't normally be here. Um, thankfully, like the wrestling world is so interesting and in, like the networking opportunities that are available. Um, like you meet one person, they know this person, this person, this person. They're very gracious to, to open those doors for you. Adam got into contact with a friend of his who opened that door to Japan um, to start setting up the Kenbai uh, booking. Um, but it's all, every one of the performers had a different contact to like get them on the show, you know? Um, some of my friends are personally on the show, like from when I wrestled. Um, so like it was an easy, like, Hey, I'm doing a show. Would you please be a part of it? And please have mercy on me as far as like the cost that you're going to charge me because right. they've all, you know, five years has gone by since I wrestled and all of them have grown, you know, so much in that five years. And they're a little more costly than they were when I was sure. wrestling, you know, for a hundred dollars, if that, you know. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's it's each process is different. You know, the the luchador is totally different than the Japanese process. We hired, um, we, and and then the other side is like 
these luchadors coming up. They don't speak English. Right. You know, so, like, how the hell am I supposed to talk to these guys? I don't... I'd be completely joking to you if I said I spoke Spanish, you know. So, <laughs> so uh, you know, we have these talents coming up that, like, we need translators for. So, like, I've hired a guy that's coming and chauffeuring them for the weekend and translating matches, like, letting them know, like, here's what they want from you. Here's your match number. Here's who's, you know, who they want, what they want you to do, you know. Uh, here's the rules that you should know, you know, <laughs> like. Um, here's like when you're going to go get food, you know, or here's where you're staying and blah, blah, blah. You know, like it's a, there's there's so much more going on in the back end that I I knew going into it I was going to have to go up against. But it's eaten up so much of my time, yeah. way more time than I expected. And obviously, like I'm also running a company yeah. aside from that, that <laughs> right. like it probably uh, they, you know, everybody there would wish I didn't focus so much on wrestling, but this is like my uh, selfish yeah. passion, passion part. Project. Yeah, so you need that. Yeah, so. Uh, I mean, did you tell these guys that this is the pizza capital of the world that they're coming mm-hmm. to? So we did. We that did have alone. that. Well, who posted about New York Post? Was that who it was that said like Old Forge is like? Uh, oh yeah. Yeah, I mean it's it's uh it's an it's it goes back a long time. They weren't the ones who coined it, but they did. There there was a recent article. Yeah, there was a recent one. I I shared it through all of Powerbomb's uh, social accounts, and it did get a couple reactions. Like our, uh, one of our commentators, Bryce Remsburg, who will be coming from Philadelphia to the event. I saw him go go nuts over it, uh, <laughs> and then like uh, uh, got another guy, Mike from Philly, also was posting about Old Forge Pizza, and like people are believing the hype, you know? Right. Yeah, I don't really like Old Forge Pizza all that much. Uh, I'm more of a sweet sauce sweet sauce guy. Jerry's. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cool. I but, grew up uh, on Jerry's. I had I had Old Forge Pizza the other day, but uh, it's it's you know. It depends. Their own. Yeah. yeah. There's there's just so many pizza places like there it all. that. Yeah. It's hard to argue that, you know? Yeah. And and some places that have been around a while, they've changed owners, so maybe they're mm. not the same as they used to be growing up and things like that. What was the pizza place that was, like, drunk on Facebook? <laughs> oh. Brownies. What was that all Brown, about? Brownies. Oh, God. That was funny. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, like, really read any of it or get too into it, but. Well, long, long story short, uh, it was a, a, <laughs> that shit cracks me there, up. There was some local guys that put together a pizza documentary. Oh, they we, were... uh, we've talked about it a few times on the site, and uh, <laughs> you know we we will probably have them on the show maybe when the the movie's coming out. But it, it's 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 a long process to put one of those stuff together. And he was mad that he wasn't included. Of so course, everyone would... always feels so excluded. Yeah, yeah. Well, you I can't mean, please everybody. That's the thing is, there's a million pizza places in the area. It's so hard to <laughs> narrow it down to. The ones that you think are important yeah. or the, the ones that, uh, you know, are at least a little different from each other. So you're not getting the same interview 20 right. times. Yeah, so, you have to have a little variety. You can only pick one out of the out of each pack, really. I mean, and I, I think they, yeah, they dodged a bullet by not having them. It was going to go on some crazy rant. It might have been awesome, though. Yeah, it, it could have been. It could uh, Maybe, maybe it would have been. He uh, might have got his own documentary movie. after that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Like, what's this guy's story? They <laughs> have him doing some commentary. On yeah. The there. <laughs> um, so um, one thing that uh, I haven't said this uh, publicly yet, which I think is kind of cool that uh, maybe people will hear this, is um, we have, like, um, a big part of the network that we have is our Lucha Libre connection. So, like, we mm. do a lot of stuff with um, companies in Mexico. And we're trying to shine a spotlight on some of the independent groups there, which is really cool because, like, for me, I was in Chikara for 
a majority of the time I was in independent wrestling. So I really love that style of wrestling and like artistically, you know, I've hired a photographer to be there to just take headshots of these guys when they come in so I can frame them on the walls, you know, because they all have such beautiful masks. And, um, like one wrestler that's on the show in particular, his name is Puma. And, um, a new thing now in, uh, Matt Lucha Libre is that they'll wear a mask, but they'll also paint their face underneath it. So, like, if you have open ports on your mask um, so you can see your mouth and whatnot, they'll also design paintings on their face as well to, uh, like, kind of accentuate the, the style that they're going with. And Puma's costume is just insane, like, as far as, like, uh, style-wise. I'm going to see if I have it. Um... Yeah, uh, Gerard, if you could pull it up on the screen there. Yeah, I'll, <laughs> I'll, get, I'll, I'll get to that, but this will just be for us. Yeah. So, like, That's all that on his cool. face is all paint that he's put on there. Oh, it's all, cool. like, he put, like, uh, right. red and white into right. their teeth like and stuff. Sort of yeah. Sort of yeah. That's cool. That's really neat. And, uh, yeah, so, uh, like, that style of wrestling is really interesting to me. And, like, we want to do as much as we can to help put a showcase and spotlight on Lucha Libre. Uh, so, one of the things we're doing is we've actually uh, hired a Spanish commentary team um, that's flying in from Mexico to be part of our live stream and provide alternate commentary live. Wow. So we're, we're logistically still trying to figure out how to make it work, but we've already right. booked the flights. So <laughs> it's like, we have to figure out how to make it work. And, right. um, we've, we've gotten pretty decent press in Mexico for this event in, in old forge PA. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, Medio Tiempo, um, which is probably one of the biggest, um, like it's basically sports illustrated of Mexico. They've covered us uh, a handful of times already, and they're actually flying someone out here to cover the event, hmm. uh, which is like it is pretty crazy in itself to think that this is happening in Old Forge, right? Um, and we have people from Mexico City booking flights to get out here to be a part of it. So, that's um, cool. Yeah, this is why we encourage people to check out alternative sources like <laughs> NEPAC because you're not going to see something like this somewhere else. Or you might after this broadcast. <laughs> yeah, like, um, uh, I'll say, you know, I'm a advocate for positivity in NEPA, you know. Yes. Um, but I, I'll say that it's been quite a struggle to, like, get local people interested in what we're doing here. Like, I, I immediately thought in my mind, you know, other than the selfish reason of, like, I want to do this show in NEPA because I'm from NEPA. It'll make it a little easier for me production-wise to pull off some things. And uh, my thought was, you know, we're, we've always been this convenient location from New York City and Philadelphia. Like, we're that merging ground, and that's kind of where musicians have always kind of, mm -hmm. we're that stop between the next stop, you know. Um, and it's, it usually worked in our advantage that we would be able to pack a little space and, and whatnot. So I kind of went into that with the same mindset with wrestling. But, man, it's not quite how I thought it would be. <laughs> um, and I think that's the same with music is we're in this it's not as easy as it used to be to get people out to shows right. um because they can consume so much on the internet or you know like uh not bad mouthing casino because i'd love to have shows at the casino but the casino is like such a blockbuster like it's like you can get everything all in one spot right um it's so it's hard to compete with stuff like that because we we're pe we're creatures that consume information so quickly now that if we can't get it all in one spot, it's like, yeah, I'll go out once a year to do that one thing. Yeah. Mm. Um, so, like, uh, the, the old theory of, hey, you know, uh, Northeastern Pennsylvania is probably a good place to be a musician. Um, it, doesn't, it doesn't hold up as much because we have such a hard time getting people out to shows now. 
compared right. to when it was in glory days of having opportunities all the time to get involved in a show or a big act coming in the area needs a couple supporting acts to go with it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, like that's not happening as much. And uh, it's more so because it's so difficult to get people to commit. You know, we, we're impulse yeah. Impulse generation of like, yeah, I have nothing to do. I guess I'll go out to that show that starts in 15 minutes, yeah. you know? And like <laughs> yeah. the promoter of that show is like shit in their pants. Like, I don't know if I'm going to have anybody yeah. here. Walk up so I, know, I had no, you know, upfront sales. Yeah. Shit, I probably should pull somebody off this show. And then like it discourages them from booking other shows because it's like, yeah. I don't, me personally, uh, I don't, I don't enjoy the stress that I'm up the against risk. right now. You know, it's like, yeah. uh, it's tough, like getting that. Doing it all yourself, and then uh, you, you're you're absolutely risk rewarding, you know. And uh, just kind of have to go in the mindset: I'm going to lose a shit ton of money, and then hopefully it works out that you don't, you know. Yeah. So <laughs> you you hope that, that people. I mean, when the WWE was here in Wilkes-Barre uh, just last year, they sold out the place. Now, granted, there was it was a big event because the Undertaker was coming back, sure, doing yeah. a big thing. Yeah. You know, uh, but you know, wrestling is coming again next month. Right, uh, to the arena. Rob will be there. So, you know, they always get good turnouts to things like that. But it's it's like it's one of those like a guaranteed thing, just like a, like montage. Mm-hmm. You know, it's hard to get people to go pay five bucks to see a band they've never heard of at a small bar. But they'll pay $50 to see something at montage that maybe they're not particularly like the biggest fan of. But they're like, oh, it's a guaranteed. I'm going to hear these songs that I know. I'm going to see these people that I know. I, it's, it's a guarantee that I'm going to at least enjoy it or have a good time or whatever. Whereas something like this, it's like, oh, I don't know what it's going to be like. You know, I'm afraid that I'm going to go and I'm not going to enjoy it. And I think people need to take more of those risks and say, hey, you know what? This this is really cool that this is happening here. We need to give this a shot, right. you know, because if this is successful, this could lead to more cool stuff like this. Right. And, and then uh, that's a good segue to uh, we're taking a risk tonight because we're going to give two tickets away on yes. the NEPA scene. Uh, if you leave a comment, I guess that's how we'll do this, right? If sure. you leave a comment, yeah. and you've never been to an independent are... wrestling show before, we're giving away two general admission tickets to the event. General admission tickets, honestly, though, are like, you're still right there. You know, it's like, yeah. general admission at, like, uh, Mohegan Sun Arena might be, you know, upstairs <laughs> or whatever. Like, you're on the ground floor with another 200 people in that space, that crowded space. So, it's very intimate. Yeah. So uh, if I would love to give the tickets away to someone that's never been to an independent wrestling show before, because this would be the perfect example independent wrestling show to see as your first introduction, because there's so many different styles uh, on the show. Um, and if you're even if you're not really a wrestling fan, kind of feel like you'll enjoy it just because of how over the top some of the stuff is. Like uh, old wrestling, I, I brought up before. Um, for their match in particular. They're based in uh, the turn of the century, their style of wrestling is all old-timey characters. Um, so for their match, we had to come up with a way to live stream their match in black and white. And also, like, we're getting haystacks to put in the corners of their ring. Uh, and we, we have to have that, coming up next, you know, like the, like the old-timey radio voice has to be the available for the match and stuff, just for that one match. And then it goes back to normal again. So like we have to br- we have to brush all the hay out of the ring and stuff for the after the match is over. Right. Get the like the dip cups that are at the ringside out of the ring, you know. Uh, and then we'll have a normal ring announcer again. Uh, but <laughs> but like there's like wacky stuff like that. But then there's like 
our main event is uh, three different countries are in the match. So we have uh, Fly Warrior, who is uh, relatively unknown to independent wrestling in the United States. Mm-hmm. He's 22 years old coming in here, and he's going to be one of the bigger names in Lucha Libre, and no, no doubt soon enough. Um, Jigsaw, who's uh, on and off friend of mine out of Brooklyn, New York. He's one of the best bases and one of the best wrestlers, most underrated guy uh, independent wrestling right now in the United States. Chuck Taylor, who deserves everything he's getting right now as far as the attention he gets. Um, he's an incredible base as well. His, and he's a converse kind of, you know, that's his name. Uh, but uh, uh, incredibly funny wrestler, but he's also incredible in the ring. Uh, and uh, Ken Bai uh, from Japan is also in that match. The four of them, um, it's interesting. Sometimes you look at a match where it's one-on-one, but we have four of them in the ring so much shit can happen right. in and outside the ring all at the same time. And like having those types of four performers together, like I feel like everyone will be elevated mm. from having a performance together. So um, it really will be interesting to, no matter what type of fan of wrestling you are, uh, as long as you're willing to take a chance on something, really, is more than what it is, you know? So if you're that type of daring person, <laughs> uh, make, make sure you comment and we'll, uh, we'll pick somebody, uh, you know, during or after the show, uh, depending on, you know, when people comment. And when is the show? Sunday, June 11th. 3 p.m. it starts. It'll probably go about 12 hours. And where? <laughs> <laughs> Old Forge, Pennsylvania. It's uh, Maxon Drive. I don't know the number of that building. but well, I think I, it's one Maxon Drive. One? Yeah, if I'm not Maxon mistaken. Drive. Where exactly uh, is that? It, it's over by the Old Forge uh, football field. Okay. It's like a back road by where what used to be Jitty Joe's RIP. Uh, I'm like five minutes from there. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, so, uh, yeah. It, uh, there's a show the, the night before, too. GSW has a show the night before as well um so it's kind of a double header there too nice cool well uh i guess we'll we'll go on because uh it's already after eight yeah like surprisingly so uh the the other thing we wanted to talk about tonight and we wanted to read uh your comments (coughs) on this uh sorry sorry apologize me too. So I, I, yeah, which, sniffles I don't know time. which one of you is worse. Than <laughs> it's yeah. like so bad. That's why I didn't come here last week. They, they, we didn't even know. Yeah, we didn't tell even acknowledge the fact that I wasn't here. They're like, fuck that guy. Like, thank, God he's, thank God he's not here. We're just going to pretend he was never here. <laughs> yeah, he was never part of this. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I apologize for the audio. <laughs> so, so there's a uh, rapper out of Brooklyn uh, named <sighs> Uncle Murda. And uh, he is going to be performing this weekend at the Alibaba Liquor Lounge, which is in Wilkes-Barre. And uh, it may have been a place you may have never heard of until uh, local media You don't media need to hear about it. About it. <laughs> you don't ever need to go there for any reason ever. There, there are uh, <laughs> pretty Sorry. high... Sorry. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm on Claritin, so... I'm on Claritin, <laughs> So, uh, well, the patrons there might be high on something else, from what I I hear, you know. Um. So, uh, they're having this guy, and he has uh, a few songs uh, that were more uh, maybe relevant a few years ago, not not necessarily that these problems have gone away, but, uh, you know, when Ferguson and things were were big topics and everybody was was talking about it, it was on the tip of everybody's tongue, uh, you know, he wrote kind of a uh, cop killer sort of, uh, song and and talked about you know how he need, he need to get revenge on those people who have taken down 
you know, innocent uh, black people across the country and things like that. So, uh, I mean, personally, I've, I'm not a rap person, so I've never heard of him, so I can't say whether he's that relevant or not. But I, I don't think the masses really knew who this guy was no, no around one. here anyway. From uh, what I understand, he signed with 50 Cent's record label, G-Unit. I okay. had never heard of him. Um, so he is known, but maybe not necessarily here right. until uh, uh, th- this past week. A lot I'm sure of the he... local newspapers, a local news station uh, did stories on him coming here and uh, basically asked the, the cops for a reaction, and more or less they were obviously against it. You know, they don't like Well, they basically they like just gave him press. Like, it literally says in the article, like, at 9 p.m. Friday, May 19th. <laughs> I was like, are you kidding me? Like, right, right. You're going to well, try to, like, do this negative story and then, like, pretty much promote the well, show, the, which I know, just thought was so, like, The first so time dumb. I saw the story, you know, a friend of mine had, had shared it uh, on Facebook and had said, this is the longest story I've seen about any artist ever in, <laughs> yeah. in a local newspaper. I just think it was just, it's just so long are you listening and so to him? detailed. <laughs> just like angry, angry rap. I don't think anyone would yeah, have no, even known the show was happening other than the people that were, other that, than that's already the that clientele. That, right. Yeah, exactly, that are going. So it's, it's, it's interesting because, you know, as a media guy, I have to look at like both sides of it and say, well, okay, you have to keep people informed of what's going on in the area. Uh, but you also have to do it in maybe a way that it's, comes off as a little less biased because it seemed like the story right away was really <coughs> condemning this guy and, and, and condemning this, this form of music and his message and everything else. I think if he was, was playing great. anywhere else, it wouldn't be a big deal. I think that but place specifically, people view with a was, negative connotation. They're yes. like, okay, not like people just don't think like that's oh like a nice reputable place they think that that's trouble there's cops outside every weekend hired or not it just looks like a place that's not going to be like oh i'm totally comfortable going there right you know like it's not doesn't so i think if like let's say this guy was playing in scranton at a venue in scranton that has hip-hop shows all the time i don't think that it would generate this kind of negative attention i think it's also a bit of a wilkes-barre thing yeah well and online like they're like like milking the attention like yep. really bad, like literally posting like every single thing anybody says about it. Yeah, the it. venue is seems to be like they're up. all about it. Right, they they seem to be totally fine with courting you know those. Yeah, countries. and then you you know as you should never do, you delve into the comments section on any of these <laughs> <Yeah>. stories, <laughs> and you see you know the outright racism and hatred. Yeah, like and that's all the, the disheartening nasty, to see. That come out. Like someone had posted something like all. Oh, like, <laughs> Put it all in there, lock the door, and like burn it down or something. Like I saw some stuff like that, which was sure. like pretty harsh. Um, but again, it's not a black or white thing. It's uh, it's it, right. I get I get it, but it's I think it's more so just about the club itself. Well, and, and, and that's that's the other thing is you have you, when you look at the other side of it because I mean so far we're kind of defending them, but on the other side you also have to you have to wonder like this guy. In these interviews that that he's been eating up, he likes the the, the attention. Well, he wouldn't have the he, cops outside the club he, every he's weekend. Been, he's been talking about how like he's he's almost bragging like, oh, we have cops here every weekend. You know, yeah. we have armed you know guards here every weekend. It's like, well, that says a lot about your clientele and the type of place that you're he running. thinks that he's if running like a reputable okay place. With but it, it's yeah, like, if you're okay with that, because I mean, I've been to hundreds. Thousands of shows at this I've been point. to hundreds of hip hop shows. Uh, yeah, across Alone. northeastern nothing like that. Never had never had a problem. Never had an issue. Never saw armed guards. No. or anything like that, or needed off duty cops or like aggressive like searches. Like, like they like I know I this happened to me personally. Like at the door there, it was like the first time I was there, 
and the it was a woman who was searching me and like just totally like aggressive and I was like what like is this like what's going like <laughs> what what is going on here like right. she was like I don't even need to let you in with that bag I'm like who are you talking to first of all like what is going on here and it was just like such an uncomfortable uninviting unwelcoming experience that sure. I was like I'll never go back here again um I mean uh it's John, that, I mean, we've all up. kind of been involved in like nightlife things, yeah. you know, for yeah, years. Yeah, and for years. Um, and um, uh, John, I have a point to make to you though. I wanted you to promote Snip Stamp so badly on the weekender. I only <laughs> wanted to talk about was that damn bowling stuff. <laughs> you know, like remember that rep when I was doing the bowling <laughs> thing, and you were yeah. like, "Let's talk about that." I was like, "No, can we just like get a story about Snip Stamp in the paper?" And you're just like, "But this is the story we want to run." But it's that like, was "Come funny. on, that shut was up!" Cool. <laughs> but uh, I had legs. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> The, uh, this isn't new though. Like we're we're kind of talking like, oh, this is the first time a club's ever had to do pat downs before. Like right. when I when I ran the zoo nightclub at the Woodlands, like for the six months or whatever, like they were frisking everybody down. Just, you know, there's a way to handle business um, when you're not to. Stir like. had a shooting, right? Um, it was Mulligan's, and, I think, at the time. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, yes. and and everybody was getting frisked down at Rodano's, at, at Mulligan's, at Bottlenecks. Anywhere you went, you were getting like, or you were just getting turned away outright if you looked the wrong way, yeah. you know? This is like, it's like, that uh, there's a clientele, um, certainly, for specific places, and that's great. They need an outlet of somewhere to go, in my opinion. Um, the idea that they're taking that step and making it very public that they have police there available the, the one side is hey, they're, they're marketing that they have police there. It's also, uh, uh, on the flip, it's, it's great to know that they have police there and, <laughs> and because they are attracting a different audience than we're particularly going to go out to see. Yeah. Um, have you ever seen, um, there's a documentary on Netflix called Supermatch. Um, it's about uh, Alice Cooper's, uh, it, Shep Gordon was the music manager for sure. uh, Alice Cooper. And... Uh, I immediately, when I saw like this stuff happening, first of all, um, I went to, uh, I'm going to get on a tangent, city hall meeting. And one of the people that was at that meeting talked about the overuse of the word gang in this area. Mm. The, all of the articles start off a suspected gang member. When I did a Google search trying to find anything about him being a gang member, we're just stereotyping this guy immediately. Right. And that word gang, like I agree with that guy at the city hall meeting, it needs to stop being used so much. It's, it's, it's the new like negative a word. For something right. Else. Right, exactly. It needs yeah. to stop. Like it's it's so it's so racist of this area to say something like that about it. It is. Um, and I agree. And I don't wanna cut you off. Yeah. But if you have a guy this rapper, whoever the fuck this guy is, <laughs> talking about killing cops. Fuck you, dude. Don't yeah. fucking do that. So you need to be held accountable for what you're doing. No right. one's held accountable for If you're, if you're talking about killing cops or killing this person or, or rallying way, people or whatever, you're gonna get pushback. That's that's sure. That's it. But yeah. I'm not. I'm not addressing him as Mr. Murda. Like it's a it's a stage name. It's a fake. Like, I get right, like artistic you know? expression. It's, it's, like that kid kept saying like, "Oh, Bob Marley didn't shoot a sheriff." Way different time. Way different form of expression way different in a political sense and an emotional sense and in a different world where people aren't taking things so personally and emotional. It has nothing to do with Bob Marley not shooting a sheriff. It's, like, when he'd use, I was just like, does this kid know about what he's talking yeah, about? Like, yeah, whatsoever? I, mean, I think a closer analogy would be, like, you know, cop killer and yeah. fuck the police and like we get like that. Like, NWA and, like, yeah. You have to expect that. Like, if you're going to say that, you have to expect some kind of... 
push and, and you know what, what I mean I uh, not being a rap guy of course I'm I'm biased in that sense but uh, you know I, I see a difference between someone like Alice Cooper for example who is a guy who you know on stage you know is cutting heads off and blood everywhere and stuff like that the minute he's off stage it's like oh hey hey oh, so I'm, I'm, I'm a dad yeah, and I'm a the, girlfriend uh, right, and things like it's that a different... whereas a lot of these guys are like oh yeah I'm a killer I I, <laughs> I, I murder people I, I I sell drugs and everything and then you look at their record like in in Mr. Murda's case and he didn't murder anybody there right. there isn't he's never been charged with any of those kinds of the, things but it's a persona that he would like to right. to, right. to push on people the the yeah. Alice Cooper example though is is based off of like him not selling tickets in London and um, what happened is they shut down, they, they hired somebody to drive a truck into downtown London and break down where there was a giant poster image of Alice Cooper on it completely naked with a snake covering. <laughs> all of the media jumped all over it that Alice Cooper is a Satanist, is this horrible person. Right. They sold out that show the next day. So right. all the media did, like well, Alibaba has every right in the world to say thank you to the media because... Yeah. Their show's going to sell out. They, they got Philadelphia news out of that, New York news. Like, yep. the media has made the situation even I don't worse understand why because they now they're going to come here to be a part of that right. because they know that there's a truck. Like, 50 Cent commented on it. Like, you know, like, they've just made it even worse by being so blunt about and it. And maybe the right. wrong people will come. Just right, because, just like, because they want to stir shit let's now. Let's fuck you know? like they, they're negative <laughs> towards us. Fuck them. Right, yeah. fuck the police. Yeah, like, now they made that it so now bad, they, they yeah. gave uh, like. Wilkes-Barre now, like, we're representing something that's not tolerant or not accepting. Right. Which, I mean, I think in some of the more rural areas that might be true, but not in the heart of the city. I definitely don't think that's true. But this story kind of, I feel like, encouraged the idea that we're not a tolerant people or an accepting people. We just don't want some guy coming in from out of town saying he's going to kill a bunch of fucking cops at a club that has cops outside of it every weekend. You know what I mean? There's like, there's, okay, red flag. It's not going to happen. Well, no. Still. Like, right. in the businesses around there, like, I know for a fact one business <coughs> right on that block isn't opening that night. Specifically because they just don't want to be around that kind of bullshit. Because yeah. that's what it is, bullshit. You want to rally people. You want to get people going. You want to get them upset or, like, to believe right. in your cause. And, th- and that's where, like, as, as, a, as a media person, I have to go, okay, is this a story or did you just create the story? Right. It, it very much I think it was created. like a creative story. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know. It's created concern, and, like, honestly, it's only going to benefit Alibaba more and than And that anything, kid's going to you know? ride this wave of this <laughs> well, media you know, attention so. for, Imagine, like, imagine if long. they covered him like they do any other artist that comes through. I mean, like, you know, metal bands say a lot of things, and I'm a metal guy, so I can relate to that, you know. Well, they'll, they'll say things on stage, or they'll say things in, in music they don't do in real life, they don't even believe them. I mean, right. listen to Slayer, the stuff that they say. It's and and me- he gets off stage and he's like, I'm a Christian. I don't know what you're talking about. Like, right. that's all, that's all a show. It's, yeah. And like, just so, with like our so show. So they would cover him like that. You yeah. know, they would say, oh yeah, you know, he does these lyrics or whatever. But, you know, the way that they cover this, it was much more it's their- controversy in big right. letters. Yeah. They were and looking then, for that. Oh, and here's what he does. Everything's like, real. He's show. real. He's really going to come here and we kill had- cops. Nope. Yeah. Forget it. You when know, we were, <laughs> when we were filming the yeah. Barry, like I could understand how people could get that. Like, oh, like they're making the area look bad. They're getting this. Uh, criminal, That's like, right. negative thing. Like, it could have been... WBRE took that story and turned it into a positive story by saying, like, oh, look at this group of individuals that are making art in the community, you know? And not make it, like, look at this controversial, like, dark, uh, heavy, you know, criminal drama that is representing the area. They didn't do that. They right. could have, very easily, 
but they didn't. So I think it was just the choice of the media to be like, oh, we're going to like talk shit on this guy. It's also a matter of like, I was saying to Rich earlier, it was like, Who's the one that originally came up with the idea to cover this story? Like, they make it sound like the cops are shaking in their boots. I don't think that, like, the cops really want that out there in any way. Right. That, like, they're in any way concerned. So, why would, like, I know know a few cops. It's like, it's one of those things where it's, yeah, the cops probably, like, whatever, it's another show. Because the guy's getting paid to perform at a venue, and he just got everything he ever wanted because now he looks like the biggest badass in in all of this state now but because again, our whole state's covered it. Like, four, it's stupid. The four of us are probably... <laughs> and more, we're talking about it. More touch than 90% of the people in this area with the entertainment and downtown and NPA and all that kind of shit. I, don't, I didn't know about Oh, sure. No one I, did I, until I, they no, put a, made I, a story I, about it. I'm, I think I'm as in tune as it gets, and I, right. I, I, I think, never heard of this. I think, I think they had so much shit down there, like that, like sure. people have talked about. I'm like, I'm never going there. <laughs> well, yes, yeah, it's just it's just not our scene. <laughs> it's not but it's hard, like but I mean, I feel like best... I could go to anywhere and have a good time and like fit in with any place, anywhere. I could talk to any person at any place and relate to them and enjoy myself. That club is not comfortable. Like, it is not a warm, inviting, comfortable atmosphere. That's why I don't go there. It's not because I don't, because I, I like hip-hop, and I listen to rap music, and I'm in that culture. I grew up in South Wilkes-Barre. That's my neighborhood. I went to Myers High School. Like, it has nothing to do with any kind of, like, cultural difference. It's the business itself and the way it's ran. It's not, like, you know what I mean? So, like, I'm right. an example of, like, I'm from that yeah, town. So you're open minded to it. And you're right. still like, eh, no, and no, I won't thanks. go there just because of like it's just it's a shithole. Yeah, I, I think there there's definitely a couple different ways to look at it. I mean, we asked for your comments earlier, uh, so I'm going to read a couple. Uh, the first one I thought was was perfect. Uh, Peter James says, "Who?" <laughs> Plain and simple, and you know, I said that's that was our reaction. We didn't know who he was. Uh, Chris uh, Zelenka says, screw him. So, uh, short and sweet, to the point. He must be friends. Uh, Yeah. Kate Kate Elizabeth says, this guy is named Uncle Murder. What do you expect him to have? Nice lyrics? Uh, Ted Hebert says, uh, look at all these delicate snowflakes who can't handle the big, scary rapper and his big, scary words without showing up in force and probably ruining the show. Uh, Rich Drees, uh, I thought, had had a good comment. Said, I have to wonder if at least half the uproar is coming from the usual, it's music I don't like, so it must be bad attitude. That unfortunately you see uh, pervasively in the area. Uh, what's funny is everybody's alleged outrage reminds me of the time Lollapalooza hit Montage back in the 90s. Mm. WNEP had just opened up their new studio nearby, and the night before the concert, Nolan Johnson uh, uh, teased the 11 o'clock news kind of wild eyed with the, the line, Lollapalooza is coming. Can our area handle it? Uh, I half expected them to start running footage of torch bearing mobs from an old Frankenstein film. <laughs> Uh, uh, Lee Kinsinich says uh, some shithead farting into a microphone in a dive bar in the middle of nowhere. Nothing to see here, folks. <laughs> Which Rich, Rich Dries said, uh, thank you for illustrating my point. <laughs> Uh, uh, Mike DeSando says uh, his publicity game is spot on, which <laughs> you, you, you had said earlier. Um, Matt, Matthew Williams says, uh, don't let Dr. Death or whatever the fuck his name is play. End of story. Don't need trash like that in our town. Uh, James Gildea says, uh, never heard of this guy, but I'm almost 100% certain some local venues had uh, bands like Leftover Crack come through who speak similar Kill Cops rhetoric. Where was the media flipping out then? Uh, it's clear to me they're using this because of the current divisiveness nationally. Uh, there are musicians who really hate cops, but where does this, uh, where does this, when, why does this become news? Uh, I'm not a rap fan, but I think uh, making a big hoopla about this guy's beliefs on law enforcement isn't just absurd, it's contradictory. 
I guarantee you a few thousand people will listen to a song you wrote because of the controversy and then those people uh, would have never been exposed to otherwise. Uh, instead of making these stupid clickbaity articles talking about the negative traits of musician, I recommend WNEP write about the positive influence our local departments have uh, if they want to help the cause. And uh, finally, John Michael says, uh, what about all these other rap artists who have come in the area? Little Wayne sells out Montage every year, and his lyrics are no better than Uncle Murder's. That's, that's a good point. And uh, he said, T.I. has been in this area, sold out, of the, sold out the arena. Do we forget uh, about his gun charges? No one makes a big deal about that. <laughs> so yeah, all, all fair points and uh, definitely all walks of life. Um, uh, at, at, <coughs> in terms of our live comments, uh, we have a couple. Adam Lash says, uh, I can't imagine why young black artists would write anti-law enforcement songs during a period when the headlines are filled with stories of white police officers shooting unarmed black men. Uh, Leslie Ann says, <laughs> a little sarcastic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Le Leslie uh, Ann says, uh, I'm a Christian. I don't know what you're talking about. Jesus LOL. Christ. So, uh, in, 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 interesting uh, perspectives from all sides, and obviously it's up to you to make your own decision, but uh, obviously we, we said, I think, our piece in terms of what we had to say. Uncle Murda is an unknown that is now known in this area, and he'll sell out that show. So. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Good yes. for it's him. Like, I don't know if you guys follow basketball, but LeVar Ball, uh -huh. Alonzo uh, Ball's dad, I had no, and I'm, I'm a basketball fan, I had no idea who... LeVar Ball was, I had no idea who Alonzo Ball was, mm. maybe I'm naive, but again, it's just the media hype and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Right. Like now, now I'm I thinking do. about uh, changing one of our wrestlers' team's names to like something gang related so I can get some real awesome, <laughs> awesome press like, from the local that, media. Right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> if you go to his Facebook, like it's just pictures of chicks throwing up blood signs. Like, I hate Old yeah. Forge, I don't know, like... <laughs> Like what? Like, Their Old Forge's pizza is terrible. <coughs> Let's talk about it. WNEP, put me on the news. Old Forge, PA, June eleventh. We're gonna body slam the pizza. <laughs> I spit that pizza out yeah. when I get See, it. Like, honestly, I hate like, it. It's terrible. Had, like, terrible. Him on the show. Right. Why over there now? Because I just I don't want to interrupt. <laughs> but you are like, interrupting. I know. <laughs> You're off camera, and we're talking to you. <laughs> yeah. What is this? I'm sorry. You she's are, in front of the green are, screen, pretending she's in the shots. Yes. Yeah. You are completely interrupted. <laughs> like, we should have, like, like people, had if they had approached it, like, oh, like, The Weekender does, or like you do, or... Wait, what? Like, <coughs> if, I, like, I, there's something going on, like, you cover it, and, did? like, you know? Yeah, I've never heard of the former, I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't know what that is. <laughs> oh, I think people just wanted to see something negative in it, so they did. I mean, there is negative, a lot of negative in it, the guy's... Well, you know, is, encouraging this violence. Is this you is know, a town but, for negativity. So. Yeah, yes. so it's hard to, like... It's hard to, uh... Uh, you know, uh, in, in a, especially, especially in an area that has been very politically divided over the last few years. Right. Uh, so, I, I mean, that, that may have played a role as well. Uh, I don't know. I mean, granted, you get down, you know, past Barton Irby's downtown Wilkes-Barre, it's a little sketchy. Yeah, there's some rough areas. But, which is for anybody. Yeah. Outsiders took way too long to close. <laughs> yeah, it used to be a great place, though. Yeah, you, I used you, to like going there. You could go to that yeah. that part of town yeah. before it got bad, and yeah. then just kind of like crept. They right. took yeah, it took a year and a half too long to this yeah. situation. It's not a race thing. It's not. It's no, just, it was just it's it's a business. It's a professional thing. It's no, it's it's I think that's, reality of business. the situation of the people who live there, like or in that area. Like it's it's not black. It's not white. It's, it's just it's oppressed. 
depression yeah. and, and, and the culture that, that grows it's from it. Very, very unfortunate. Well, that, that's a subject for a whole other show. Uh, yeah. We should wrap up. So thank you so much for tuning in uh, tonight and, uh, and leaving your comments and interacting with us. Uh, and we'll, we'll uh, later announce who uh, the winner of those tickets are. So if you haven't left a comment yet and you're watching this later, that's okay. Uh, leave your comment and uh, we'll, we'll definitely enter you in the drawing. That was so, probably the winner, though. Yeah, I saw that. I You're saw it too. Yeah, you, you were the first one, so I mean, you might you might just have to take it. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> losers. <laughs> so be sure to check check out uh, Break the Barrier, uh, the Independent Wrestling Festival. It's coming to the GSW Arena in Old Forge on June 11th. <laughs> yeah, and if you can't be there in person, you can watch from the comfort of your own home live. We'll be streaming live as it's happening. Powerbomb.tv. I really don't care if I don't. I, I know I'll get enough people at the show. It's. Oh, I'd rather they, have the recurring revenue every month if they show up uh, <laughs> right. uh, they, uh, and their TV sets at home. <laughs> Pay that $10 a month instead. That's cool. Very smart. <laughs> cheaper, than, cheaper than Netflix. Yeah, cheaper than Netflix. Is it? Is it? Yeah. Netflix is more now. It's oh. like 12 or what? Oh. 14. Yeah. Holy shit. More I, I got to cancel that. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Well, I, I think you're grandfathered in, but if you're oh, signing up okay. new, you know, yeah. You're, what you're a paying. brilliant fucking business that was. Holy right. shit. Well, thank you so much, and have a good night, everybody. Good night. Thank you.